This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. Man, like, you know, like I thought everything was working so well, but so many times you think it goes better than it does, and then you never hear from them again. What has been the biggest surprise benefit for each of you in this relationship? Each week we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. We've never had a, like, a fight that we haven't been able to talk through. So come join us. It's going to be fun. Hello, everyone. This is Amy Covell. And this is Chelsea Wingo. And welcome to Hashtag Hashtag Life Goals. (laughs) This week, our topic is Hashtag Hashtag Relationship Goals. We're going back to one of our core goals from the beginning Mm -hmm. of the season, and we're going to talk about what we really want out of a relationship. I feel like this is going to be an interesting um, discussion because I feel even though there maybe everybody has like similar ideas of what they want, I think each person is so unique and different that they're going to want something different out of each relationship. So it might be interesting. That's true. And I definitely think that as we get older, our priorities change Mm -hmm. and with every relationship we learn and grow and we decide what things we no longer want in a relationship or what things are more of a priority based on our experiences. No, totally agree. I definitely, even now I'm thinking about how, what I wanted when I was younger as compared to what I want right now. A side note for everybody right now, uh, I was recently sick, so I still got a little bit of like a stuffy nose and a cough. So if I sound a little off or if there's like any coughs or sniffles in between, I apologize. I'm getting over it. I'm feeling a lot better after some rest. It's just, it's all got to come out and it's just clogged up up there and it's it's not a good feeling. Well, other than getting sick, what else have you been up to since I last saw you? Well, I recently went away on vacation with my family. So that was a very fun time. We have this tradition of going to Hawaii at least once a year that we've been doing for at least 15 years, I think. Lucky. So. Well, was it a good time? Oh, it was a very good time. I I got very sunburnt, uh, but that was to be expected. I was supposed well, it's to be expected if you don't wear sunscreen. Yeah, and I was just very lazy. Like, nope. It was it was very fun. It was a nice getaway from distractions and kind of being overstimulated because when I didn't have as much, you know, YouTube or TV, I was able to focus with my family and everything around, which was fantastic. All right, enough about me, Amy. How have you been doing? What's been up? Um, I also was, I wasn't sick, but um, about a week ago, I had a imbalance in my medications. So Uh I had switched one of my medications and it was um, causing some bad reactions. So um, I was a little off for about a week and now I'm like starting to get back on track you know, like everything's starting to kind of even out and I'm becoming more myself again. But other than that, I have been doing well with, you know, some of my life goals and the idea of saying yes to more things. Like I've gone out for coffee with three or four friends just because I ran into them and they're like, we need to get coffee. And I'm like, sure. And so I've been squeezing everybody into my schedule because there's no reason for me to be saying no. So I've been going out and doing more activities and seeing more of the people that are in my sphere, um, which is great. That's awesome. I'm happy for you, Amy. Aside from the whole medication imbalance thing, but 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, that's just a fact of life. And yeah. luckily, you know, I was only on the medication for about a week okay. before I realized I was having like such bad um, symptoms that I was like, something's not right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I examined what had changed, I was like, okay, so this doesn't match with my other meds. All right, time to get off it. And so now we're a week from me quitting that medication mm-hmm. and I'm more evened out. Yeah, that sounds like uh, one of my friends, uh, the one that has hypothyroidism, um, she uh, also has Hashimoto's. So when What's she was Hashimoto's? Pre- Hashimoto's. It sounds like a Japanese restaurant. Hashimoto's is a um, kind of like a gland issue that kind of like enlarges sometimes. Um, it's related to hypothyroidism, so it kind of just makes it a lot more worse regarding, you know, weight and kind of, you know, that. So she, when she first started getting medication, she was mixing a lot of different meds and it was giving a really bad reaction to her body. Like she was gaining a lot more weight than losing it and she was having bad reactions. It was not good. So then she just had to clear it all off and only stick with one and she's been fine ever since. So yeah, it does, it does a little bit sound like a Japanese restaurant, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just a note. You guys listen to your body. It will tell you what it needs or what it doesn't need. Exactly. So before we bring on our guests today, let's go over our research. What did you find, Chelsea? This week was a little bit challenging. Um, For relationship goals, uh, I was trying to look into kind of, you know, maybe when people are starting to maybe think about getting married or maybe differences between an age group to this. There really wasn't a lot of clear research regarding relationship goals. It all kind of faded into the same thing of, what are the things to look for in a partner? What are like the red flags to look for? It just all the very Cosmo esque. Yeah, kind of it felt very. Yeah, it felt like something out of like a women's magazine. So it's just it seems like not everybody knows what they want, or there, there isn't a clear consensus. No, you there know, isn't. That there's it's no so clear. Varied, there's no real rising statistics. Exactly. Um, but found a couple articles uh, mainly relating to like what experts say should be the top goals every couple should have or look for. The first article is from a website called A Conscious Rethink, and it talked about um, main relationship goals that every couple should have in their relationship. Uh, So we're going to list a couple of them from that site. The first one, you have lives outside of each other. That's really important. Yes. So I've been in my two major relationships. I was with one guy for five years and another guy for six. Mm -hmm. And in both of those relationships, they had the same friend group as me. And to make matters worse, it wasn't that we were just friends first and all knew the same people. They all pretty much just moved into my friend group and only had my friends. Oh, wow. (laughs) So then it was like, we were always doing everything together, which is fine but then when I had other friends outside of my Mm -hmm. core friend group then it was like I'm leaving them at home so I can go do other stuff but they don't have other people to go Ah. do stuff with it kept me home a lot more than it should have because Mm -hmm. of me feeling guilty to go out with people without them yeah the lines kind of became blurred when everything got into one yeah and then when you left they didn't have other people to go to so it's just like right guilt but it's also selfish and and it also like made for messier breakups because you know i mean everybody knows when you have the mutual friends that you go through that thing where people want to take sides or they feel like they can't be friends with both of you um and it's complicated. Oh. It's complicated. It was really bad in my with the first guy. The second guy, I'd already been through that. And so had my friends. And so it wasn't quite as tough. 
Yeah, no, I may not have dated a lot, but I was definitely in some sticky situations when I was sort of in that same situation where friends within my group dated each other and then they broke apart and then you had to pick sides, either this one or that one. There was right. one really bad one between my best friends because I think they liked the same guy and one of them dated and then the other dated afterwards, the same person. I can't remember the full story, but they were like not speaking for weeks and I was stuck in the middle. You're like, you're with this person? Oh my God, now you're with this person? Uh, they hated it so much. So even though the best way to meet someone is through your friends, it still helps if you guys both have your own really healthy social life yeah. and like have a wide sphere of people that you know or things that you do so that you have that individual time separate. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, the second one is, but you still prioritize your relationship. I feel this is something that is sort of like working that balance between having your own life, and but still, you know, wanting this relationship to work or to happen. So, right. And it sometimes can hard can be hard to do that. We talk about it a lot in career. You need to have work-life balance. Yeah. And it's the same within a relationship. You need to mm-hmm. have your social life balance and with your romantic life and the time that you devote to your partner. Exactly. You need to be able to kind of like reciprocate and then be putting in the work as much as they are or at least make it 50-50. Because I have been in some situations where either I put a lot and they didn't put enough, or it actually was the opposite where they put in so much, but then I wasn't. And it kind of dawned on me that this is not a healthy courtship and it's not right. really working out, which kind of broke my heart at those times, but it was reality. Right. And once you recognize that, you can't unsee it. Yeah, definitely. The next one, you push each other. And what what they were saying about this one was that idea relationships should be some shouldn't be something that holds you back and kind of keeps you kind of like stagnant like at one place. They should propel you forward, encourage you to do things, encourage you to jump off a plane if you, that was something that you wanted to do but were scared to do. Which is which is me. I'm very scared this, of doing that. But <laughs> this that that particular item, put being able to push each other. That is a high priority for me. Mm-hmm. I put my life on hold with that relationship that I was in that was um, five years long, mm-hmm. um, the guy I was engaged to. I put a lot of my life on hold for him. So then when I was single again and getting into relationships again, I was like, I'm not doing that this mm-hmm. time. I refuse. Yeah. So I had different challenges. I still found myself really kind of sacrificing things that went towards my life goals or my career goals because of the other person, but I didn't do it as much. And that also helped me know when that relationship had reached its end. Mm -hmm. So I had moved to Los Angeles to pursue my film career and he was supposed to move down with me, um, a little while later. And he was like, I don't want to move to LA. And I'm like, Mm. well, then this is over because I, that's not changing for me. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles is where the film industry is. Like yeah. you have to do it. And he's like, but I thought you said you, you'd be willing to move to the Pacific Northwest. I've said, if Los Angeles doesn't work out, like you still have oh. to come down here so I can put in the time to my career before we pick up and go somewhere else. I'm like, I'm not just giving up. Yeah. He picked and choose, chose his own words and formed it in his brain of kind of what made it his story and what he thought was going to happen right, rather than right because we both have family in the Pacific Northwest. So I had said basically yeah. that I've I found LA wasn't working. That there are plenty of um, 
production houses in like the Portland area, for mm-hmm. example, and that maybe I could get a job as a production coordinator up there or a UPM, a unit production manager, for when productions come to Portland. Um, but that wasn't, hey, that's where I want to be in my career. That was, that's something I might be able to do if I'm not finding success in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, it's like kind of like a backup. Like it was there, but LA yeah. was still a priority. And since I had sacrificed and put my life on hold for so long with the previous guy, I was like, I have learned my lesson. I'm not doing that this time. Good for you. So then the guy I dated after that, um, he has been 100% supportive of my career path. That's and of awesome. my career goals and pushes me to do better and pushes me to take on the jobs that are really going to further my career and to cut out the jobs that are not. Next one, you stimulate each other intellectually. I really, really like this one because there are sometimes I have crushes on guys or I meet other people and they have this whole knowledge of a topic that I didn't even think about twice and they're just kind of like a non-stop computer filter just spitting it all out I'm just like sometimes it's like eh, okay but most times like oh wow it's it's making me think it's making me once, understand <laughs> once you've found a partner who stimulates you intellectually it changes your entire um, view of the partners available to you because you can't go back. You can't go backwards. You no longer can have relationships with people who don't stimulate you intellectually. Like once you've had that, it's impossible to go the other direction. Yeah. I remember uh, when I talked about last episode about the guy that I fell in love with, he had a very unique perspective on life and things and politics and different viewpoints that one of the reasons that the conversation just kept going is because I love to hear his opinion on things, even if we at like arguments or disagreements on certain things. I just loved hearing his point of view and just kind of see where his brain was as compared to mine. It was just, I loved it so much. I thought it was great. And I just loved our little banter back and forth. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I definitely understand what you mean by that. Next one is you are a team. So you'll be like... (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing, but Amy and I were discussing The Incredibles the other day. So I was just like, you will be Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl and Invisible Girl and Dash. And We were discussing The Incredibles because that's now her ringtone when she calls me (laughs) is The Incredibles theme because I realized that this thing that she just hums randomly all the time. Uh, I'm like, I know where that where does that come from? And once I realized it's The Incredibles (laughs) theme, I was like, okay, I can't unknow this now. You have now found your personal (laughs) ringtone. Yeah, no, I always go like, ba-da, ba-da, da-da-da-da. And I always thought You don't believe me, look up The Incredibles theme. No. It's totally what it is. It is actually almost to a T what it is, but I always thought it was some sort of James Bond thing I heard when I was a little kid. I hermed (laughs) some James Bond thing I heard when I was a little kid. But, um... But yeah, you're right. We People talk about being a team when you're a parent, but mm-hmm. they don't talk about how much you need to be a team when you're just in a relationship. Yeah. I, oh, there's, um, I don't know why this is what I'm thinking about right now, but um, a long time ago, I got a letter from my grandmother who was talking about, you know, find your partner that's with you no matter what, you know, is your, you know, team partner. And she talked about the story of how she and my grandfather, when they were young, because they met when they were teenagers, used to sail a lot on the ocean. They had sailed into the middle of the ocean 
And then there was no wind. So it ended up being throughout the entire night that they were out in the water. And it started pouring rain through a big chunk of it. And then they finally did not land on the beach till like three or four in the morning. They were found by soldiers who were patrolling the area who offered them a phone because they had to use like the big phones back in the day to call her mother to pick them up and throw like blankets all over them and hot cocoa and it was by far I hope they one- didn't throw the hot cocoa on them no 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 they weren't burnt by hot cocoa okay but it was by far one of the worst experiences that both of them have ever had but they pulled through and they worked through it together and she was talking about how if we went through that we could make it through anything so find someone that is there at the best of times and the worst of times so yeah a lot of traumatic experiences can bond people together yeah. because um, it's so powerful. But sometimes those traumatic experiences, they're not enough to sustain a relationship, that bond that you create. You have to keep working at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But that was just one example. I was just like, dang, that's that's really cool. And then the final one in the article that I really liked is, above all, you're always kind. And they talked about how passive, aggressive behavior, manipulation, and sarcastic comics that you know are going to hit home with the other person never really help in a situation. So you should make it a priority to maybe hold that in and, you know, listen and communicate and be open and vulnerable and try to work on figuring out together in the best way, kindest way possible rather than be like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, save the sarcastic sass. Go Call, you know, call one of your friends to bitch and moan and get it all out of your system. Exactly. Don't use it against your partner. Yeah. I mean, there are some partners that I've seen that have a very sarcastic relationship and it works for them. But, you know, most times, you know, like me, I'm not always the most sarcastic person. If I feel like it, then sure, go at it. But. Right, right. But when you're doing it to create a reaction um, in that negative sense to kind of dig the knife in a little bit, yep. like it's no good can come of that. I'm pretty sure there's like probably a big crap full of movies that have that example that you can just watch and you can be like, yep, that's not what I'm going to do. But they keep doing it because it's great entertainment. Ha 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 ha. That's true. That's true. There's a, <laughs> a, the whole way that uh, Just Married opens up with Brittany Murphy and uh, Ashton Kutcher. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> they're coming back from their honeymoon and it's been horrible and they're already breaking up and they're yep. just like, she throws gum in his hair on the <laughs> escalator. He pushes a luggage cart at her in the airport to like make her trip. Like, oh man. That is a pure example of exactly what we do when we want the other person to hurt because we hurt. Oh, yeah. No, now I'm just thinking of the other Ashton Couchin movie with uh, Cameron Diaz. I think it's like what happens in Vegas or Vegas where they drunkenly get married and they have this like big grant that they're trying to fight over. So they literally try to piss each other off in every shape, way possible. Not the best movie, but it was quite hilarious at the time. (laughs) And then I found another article that had basically sort of the same thing that had the essential qualities to make a relationship last. This is from the website Mind Body Green. I'm just going to list them because it just kind of like goes down the line. Sounds good. Yeah. So acceptance, respect, vulnerability, trust, honesty, empathy, kindness, commitment, thoughtfulness, forgiveness, and compromise. 
Yeah. Compromise is really important, but I think trust and vulnerability, those go hand in hand. Yeah. And that is what most people struggle with. And you're not going to find that perfect, that relationship that's, no relationship's perfect, but the relationship that is perfect for you until you are able to build trust and learn how to be vulnerable. Yeah. I'd say that vulnerability and trust are top of the list for me. I mean, I've talked about how like I want to be vulnerable with the person I want to be open is because I know there's many sides to me that maybe not everybody gets to see. And if I'm in a committed relationship with someone, they'll most likely or will see all of it. And I want to be able to be okay with that and not feel ashamed or not feel like I'm a bad person or feel, you know, not good about myself. Cause I already right. criticize myself and lower my self-esteem anyway. So why should I feel like... Yeah, don't get with a partner who's going to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> you want someone that's We're our own you. worst enemies. We don't oh, yeah. need to add more, yeah. more soldiers to the battle. Exactly. We don't need to keep on giving ourselves bad comment from other people because we already do it to ourselves enough. <laughs> Great. I think that really covers a lot of the things that even if we don't need, know that we want that out of a relationship, that's what we need to have a successful relationship. Yeah. What I did notice is that the research that you found was very much not the typical things that when someone asks you, what do you want in a relationship? People yeah. say, oh, I want them to have a good job. Like, oh, I want somebody with the same interests as me because guess what? Those things aren't what really matters. Yeah. What really matters are these more existential ideas of being able to be vulnerable, being able to have a partner that you can work as a team with. Yeah. Um, that is going to be what makes a relationship last. Yeah. That's more like the emotional or spiritual level that I think everybody kind of wants. But like the stuff that you were talking about that some people might say, oh, he has to have a good job or he has to live here. He has to look like this or she needs to be this. It's more materialistic and physical. Right. It's more tangible. So we need to be, our relationship goals should really be more focused on the intangible, mm -hmm. these more emotional and spiritual qualities. Yeah, it's definitely. But that again comes in that balance of kind of the, you know, the attraction maybe like physically, like it does play a little bit of part. Let's be honest. We're all animals with some sex drive. So that is going to play a part. Sex is a very important part of a it relationship. Is. But if you don't have all the other stuff, yeah. all the good sex will not get you far. Exactly. And then sometimes that emotional or spiritual part of what you want in a relationship can add to, you know, the That's physicality true. a little That's bit. That's true. But yeah. if there is no sexual chemistry there, it doesn't matter how well you connect on a spiritual level you're not going to find your romantic relationship. Yeah. You might just be really good friends. Exactly. They go hand in hand. In they, the, do. Yeah, they do. They exactly. do. All right. So are we ready to bring on our guests this week? Yes. I'm very excited to be bringing on. Amy, do you want to introduce them? Yes. They don't have to come far because they are our producers. Yes, they are. Marcus and Nico. Say hi, boys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so both of them are producers of Hashtag Life Goals. Uh, Marcus is also our audio engineer, and Nico is also our music composer. And they also have been a committed and loving relationship for how many years now? Uh, we just hit our three years. Three, three years yesterday, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Three years yesterday. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Yes, one of the reasons that we wanted to invite these guys on is not only because they're our producers and our lovely friends, but they are in a loving, committed relationship for more of the younger people and generation as compared to Amy and I. So, you know, want to hear their opinions and see if they agree with some of the stuff that we want or what we think about, if there are any differences. Um, yeah, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, thanks, exactly. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of yeah. course, no problem. I mean, 
you're here every week. This is true. <laughs> in the shadows. In exactly. The shadows. So, I mean, I guess to start off, tell us exactly how you guys met and how it did it turn into this three-year yeah, so we actually, this kind of ties back to the uh, podcast last week. Uh, we actually met online. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of the hopefuls. We are one, one of the, the yeah. Ones. Yay! You're one of the 20%. We're beating yes. the odds. Beating yes. the odds, exactly. <laughs> I think the odds are new, though. I think that because it's such, you know, I mean, obviously, like, online dating has been around for a while. I think that now, within the last, like, I, I'll say five years or so, um, online dating moving through your phones has become such a new thing and like the statistics aren't even there yet. Right. The apps are much newer than online dating is. That is a huge difference. And they actually do say um, that gay relationships, 60% of them start online. Wait, we're gay? (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Surprise. Even though it's 20% of all relationships, gay relationships, it's 60% start online. I can can believe that. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've talked about it before. Uh, us to have like just with our our personalities we're a little more introverted I guess yeah and I don't know we, we've talked about how like if we were both sitting in a coffee shop like and, and we you know just kind of like would make eye contact I think we would both be kind of afraid to just like go up and just start yeah, a conversation you I know? don't think we're you know comparing it to like people our parents age they had no problem in my mind going up and walking to a stranger in a bar or a coffee shop or a library and just saying hey how's it going you look really cool let me talk to you Nowadays, we have such like a weird anxiety about approaching strangers for for well, many we many reasons. We don't even reasons. talk on the phone. I listen that, to a yeah, lot yeah, of podcasts exactly. that talk about dating, yeah. and they'll talk about like, oh no, I don't call. Oh my god, Same. if somebody calls yeah. me, I'm like, you're yeah. a weirdo. <laughs> I'm like, whereas I grew up with the phone like attached to my ear from age three. They yep. used to have yeah. to unplug the phone at the hotel <laughs> because the first thing I would do was grab the phone and start talking to the front desk. Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's adorable. Baby yeah, Amy I just wanted you. to talk on the phone constantly. Oh yeah, and I was on the phone all the way through junior high and high school, mm-hmm. like all the time, three-way calls, like that thing in me. I remember totally those. true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like I had, a, you know, when I got, I got a cell phone, I was one of the first of my friends to get a cell phone. And so I had nobody to talk to on my cell phone yet, but I can only imagine if cell phones had been a big thing when I was younger, how much more I would have been on the well, phone. Yeah. 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 I, think that's, I think that's kind of also like just the new, cause we're, we're, you know, we're all kind of the generation that saw the transition, you know, like all, all of a sudden we have these cell phones and then text messaging like became a thing. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, yeah, cause just, it used to be 10 cents a text. Yes. You exactly. yeah. think that oh, I remember. Text. But then it became yeah. our default for just talking to anyone because it's just so easy. And we know? also yes. feel like we're bothering people when we approach them in public. Like I only will talk to strangers if they're like customer service, if they're food service, I, I don't, t- I feel like I'm encroaching, encroaching on your space and your uh, privacy. And so I don't want to approach you in a coffee shop, even if I'm, you know, I'm single and interested and want to date. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, well, I guess this would be weird. They wouldn't want this, so I'm never going to do it. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. we have this whole stigma of, like we're going to be bothering the other person mm-hmm. or that yeah. inconvenience. But I will say I'm always open if someone were to walk up to me and talk to me and tell me something like, hey, your hat looks cool, your shirt looks cool. Yes. I would 100% always be open for it. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I, put, I always respond as well. But I put the opposite on others. Like I don't want to do that to them because yes. I would feel like it would bother them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a weird reversal of how like we're comfortable with like receiving like kind of compliments 
compliments or that kind of thing if you're that kind of person. But then the other way around is like, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to do this. We, but you need that we get courage. The, the anxiety of it. But at the end of the day, like that human connection is just so nice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So you met online and yeah. then how long did it get before you guys started dating and get to where you are? I think we it was very quick. We, we messaged each other and... Did we meet like the next day? I'm one of the people that want to see you the sec. Like once we hit it off online, and I can see that it's a smart conversation. It's witty. You know, we're funny enough because I go for the goofy, funny kind of humor, um, which Nico definitely has. Huh. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I like to get it in person as fast as possible. That's, that's like yeah. the Yoda yeah. last week. So yeah, we we, we did meet up uh, fairly quickly, and then we were just like talking that first night. And we just, it was just so easy. You know what I mean? Like it was easy to talk to him about, Mm -hmm. I think you told me your entire family history that first night. But he told me his entire family history. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think I was doing all the time. Okay, true. (laughs) No, it was just so easy to open up. And then we found ourselves just literally hanging out every single day for the next week or so. And then Mm -hmm. after around like two weeks of hanging out all the time, it felt like we already knew each other forever because we had covered up. We've covered so many topics. Yeah, so, I would say like yeah. it's just a con- it's hanging out that doesn't stop. Coming out of other relationships, um, I knew what I wanted. I had always, you know, I was like a serial monogamous, so like I always got out of one and knew that that wasn't for me. And so I kind of had a better course correction, kind of like you were saying when you start dating someone with um, or talking to someone who challenges you intellectually, you can't go back. And so it was like an onward and upward kind of thing with me. And then when I met Nico, everything just kind of like fit. Everything was like, oh, you're, you know, and I, I don't have expectations. I don't want you to look a certain way or be a certain way or act a certain way. I just want you to be like, are you smart? Are you witty? Are you intelligent? Are you driven? Um, I'm not ugly either. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not ugly. No, you're not ugly. Obviously, we wanted to go with what's attractive to us. But... Um, you definitely fall under that category of, um, you know, the things that I want in a partner are intangible. Yeah. Right. Mostly, I understand that. They, yeah. they outweigh the tangible. The, for sure. the man I was engaged to, he was not a good relationship as we've discussed briefly before on this podcast, but one of the reasons why we ended up starting to date. So things did go very quickly for him and I right away. Like mm. we spent every day together he spent the night every time. Then he moved in with me. Um, that one, I really should have stepped away for a while because what I was clinging to was I was coming out of a bad relationship where I had been um, taken for granted, where I had not been treated the way I should have been. And he was giving me all of these things and all of this validation that I had been craving from some, someone mm. for so long. Like he was so into me and wanted to take care of me and wrote me poetry and I, it was all of these things that I had not been getting out of a relationship that he was who I needed at that point. Mm-hmm. But I really should have stepped aside because the relationship did not end up becoming a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But definitely kind of that when you were talking about that, he, that person provided you something that you wanted and need. Sometimes that's like, oh my gosh, I haven't had that for so long. And that's when you can, I don't want to say you clung to it, but I did. I well, did. Cause yeah. in a lot of ways I was settling for him because it was finally yes. somebody who was loving me back the Sometimes way that you can I love. Overcorrect. Like you go from having someone who's so emotionally distant to then going with someone who's too emotionally close and you right. need to find that Oof. middle ground because yeah. sometimes right. you over, over correct. You know? Very yep. true. Yep. Yep. But Nico was a little bit different. He, um, 
hadn't he wasn't a dater he no. pretty much well because um, i i actually yeah. i came out really late i think i i came out when i was 23 22 something like that um just because i i grew like i grew up in texas and my family wasn't conservative or anything like we're all musicians and we're just very like open people um but i think it was just like my own like inner demons or anxiety about it um so most of my um uh, career in school, I was just focused on work and like, where am I, you know, my music and like, where am I, I'm going to go next. So I really just kind of poured myself into all of that, that I wasn't really addressing this about myself. I wasn't taking care of myself or just like acknowledging this. So once I finally moved to, uh, we met in Chicago, when I moved to Chicago for my master's, that was kind of the first time that I was on my own. Okay. Like I'm going to go meet people like, yes, this is true. Uh, we are out and we are proud and we're going to go meet people, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, I was, da- we, I dated a couple of guys here and there, but like none of them were very, uh, I don't know. It was not good. It was not clicking and It for was you. not clicking. And then out of nowhere, actually after I was talking to this one person for a while, I thought it was going to go well with them. And then like, it would be like two weeks of radio silence. And I was like, okay, this is not okay. Ghosting. Yeah. We call that yeah. ghosting. No, well, yep. <laughs> it, it was two weeks, and then they messaged back again. And I was like, what happened? And then it was like, busy at work. And I was like, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. So I was like, okay, sure. Let's try this again. And the same thing happened. So I was like, okay, no, whatever. I was really down about it. And that's actually when uh, Marcus messaged me. So I was just like... I don't know. Maybe I was just like not expecting much. And then once we finally met and talked in person, there was just this click. I was like, oh, you're really cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was um. easy. Uh, my heart is just like being filled with sap right now. Just like hearing your story. <laughs> well, good. Thank you for listening because usually no one cares about how people meet. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, um, I do. I'm still one of those. Every time sap we romantics. talk about it, people are like, yeah, yeah. She's a writer. Care. Of course she loves Of course me. I am. Yeah, Absolutely. of course. I need yeah. it for my next story, guys. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you I'll go. be sure to let you know so you get all the credits in the Royals. Please do. Oh, I will say. I've got plenty of material. Yeah. For you. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm coming for you next. Don't worry. <laughs> I will the say. The guest one first, um, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was a funny thing that happened right after. Um, the, so the morning after we hung out, yep. we were uh, just debating whether to get breakfast or whatever, and just kind of you know see what see what the plans for the day were. Mm-hmm. And um, I and oh, I thought yeah. it went really well, and then all of a sudden Nico's friend texts him and goes, "Hey, I broke my leg last night. You need to come help me." Ooh. Which. Normally is a totally fine thing, but I just got done watching that Chelsea Handler documentary where she made a fake app called <laughs> Gotta Go, which gives you, you an, make excuse. A bit an excuse to leave. Oh. Oh. To leave. See, we used to have and the yeah. reject hotline. Yeah. There was a hotline yes. in yeah. every area mm-hmm. code, and you could call and be like, you have been exactly. rejected. But this one is, it You pre- it pretends that it's your friend sending you a text like, I hey, have it I on broke my, my leg. Still. It's wonderful. Yeah. Hey, I broke my leg. I need to go. <laughs> and then so you can show the person, be like, oh, snap, my friend broke their leg. I gotta go. So... It, not just that, it also, you can set a timer to, like, have it call you in, like, five minutes or something, and it says that it's from mom or something. Right, like, uh, so yeah, it's, was, it's yeah. not as permanent as, like, you know, like, usually you get a rejection hotline when you leave the bar. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> this which is like I when they want because proof. then you would call and it would say, press one to hear yeah. a funny joke. No, this press is like, you can get, love exactly, yeah. <laughs> this is like, you can get out of the situation right now, yeah. which is wonderful. So I, I think I need these in my tool belt for the future. <laughs> yeah. I love you have too many outs already. Okay, this is not about me. This is about Marcus. Yeah. And you could continue the story. Uh, I'm no, sorry. it's true. But he was so like, 
so I as I was, was saying like, it, all right, I guess I'll just, I was like, yeah. well, maybe, uh, do you want to get lunch then? Or maybe dinner, I guess, if it's going to be a while. And he was like, oh yeah, well, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought this one really well. Well, I was also <laughs> really frazzled because like my friend had just broken turns leg. out she yeah. actually did fall off a stage doing karaoke the night yeah. before and did actually like break her foot <laughs> so i ended up going back to my place and i'm just like man and so i'm texting him and i'm like you know what i want proof and so i, I was like he I found made a me <laughs> send him a i found a good way to the boot. i thought i was being a little smooth so i wasn't just like straight out being like show me that boot though i was like <laughs> <laughs> And then so he did, and honestly, it was like it was just a photo of a like her leg in a boot, but it could have been off of Google. So I was just like, hmm. he was super paranoid about it, and I didn't know. He apparently had all these emotions that I didn't, you know. He I didn't through, tell like, me the story of, until because when you have a good day later, you feel so good, and you're like, man, like you know, like I thought everything was working so well, but so many times that you it, you think it goes better than it does, and then you never hear from them again, right? And then oh, the right. person's like, oh, yeah, I gotta go to the hospital. There. I have a family friend emergency you know yeah like. so i um but turns out it was true we ended up um getting dinner that night he was like you know i feel so bad like i i can't do lunch but can we do dinner and i was like angels have answered my prayers yes. so i um so we, we ended up going to dinner that night went yeah. to a pretty nice place um and not, you know nothing too crazy though um because i was still kind of like hmm Maybe he snubbed me. Maybe he snubbed me. <laughs> you yeah. still have the snooty nose, like yeah. Mm. But you know, you're, you're thinking that maybe this was like a pity date. Like, oh, yeah. I feel bad. Not, Let me yeah. not end it on ghosting. No, him. and on top of that, I also kind of felt bad because, like, of course, like the one, the, the makeup day and like that's when like my parents call me and they really have to like talk to me like at that moment I'm like uh, yeah during dinner he took a yeah. phone call from his parents but now I know three years later that his family calls him all the time and that's fine like it's not not even a thing um so we left dinner and then I was like uh all right what are you doing after this and he's like oh I'm actually going to a friend's party and I was like oh I'm actually going to a friend's party too just like house parties and stuff yeah and um so we're like okay well we'll see each other later then okay cool so we go to our separate parties in Chicago, um, and then and we're Snapchatting. We're Snapchatting a little yeah. bit because I'm, you know, I'm just want to make sure I still, like, he still cares and he's still interested. If he doesn't answer the Snapchat, then I guess we're done. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. But but you know, <laughs> so we're snapping, and I put the uh, geo tag on my thing. It says, you know, we were in we up, were in uptown. uptown, and so. Um, you know, I, I sent it to him. Picture. I sent it to Somewhere. him. Really? Yeah. And then he sends me one back with the exact same geotag, which meant we were in the same neighborhood in Chicago because every neighborhood has its own little. So uh, you guys are doing like a miniature grinder was... location. <laughs> no, no. It, it was more of the fact it, it was like. It was intended. It was just like he sent me and it was in Uptown. And then I sent him back one that was like, oh my I'm gosh, look, I'm in Uptown. And so then we were like, we realized our parties were a block away from each other. Yeah. Oh, wow. Both of our friends lived. And so Literally I was like, a block. do you want to come and meet my friends? And then I'll come and meet your friends? And he was like, nah. So uh, <laughs> that's not what I sound like, but okay. <laughs> so uh, we did, and then you know the that's and then the hanging out just kept continuing on from there. It was just this cool little extra special moment. Also, it was just like, what are the odds, you know, that yeah that these parties are one block away from each other? I remember yeah. um, with my ex fiance, we were looking through our yearbooks at one point. We went to different high schools. And we did have a few mutual friends. I, I already knew we had mutual friends. But in looking at our yearbooks, we realized all of the different events that we had both been at and mm-hmm. not crossed paths at. That's crazy. Like wow. we had been at a lot of the same parties. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, and that happens all the time in like small towns, especially. You're like, how have I never noticed you before? Right. Um, or, or I find in in classes, like when you're in college, I I think that that was another factor of like why meeting online was kind of the only way we could do it was because like I was in a master's program and my classes were very much just like you know a six hour class and then everyone's tired so they just go home and it's like in a whole separate building. And you have like a bunch of work to do. His classes, yeah, were just somewhere else, so we would have never like ran into each other. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You'd only cross paths with people who are in your same master's program. Yeah. Awesome. So we know a little bit about you and how you got together. It's oh so cute and might I say funny, very funny. (laughs) Um, So we have been talking about um, you know relationship goals and what people look for in a partner and, you know, what they kind of value. From what we've talked about earlier, do you agree with some of them? Do you not agree? What are your goals? What are your individual goals or what are goals that you guys share? I mean, we've, we've talked a lot and we have very similar goals. Like eventually, you know, we, we, we have talked about how we would eventually like to have a family. We would like to buy a house, you know, kind of settle down somewhere. So we, we share similar, similar goals in that aspect. Yeah, and we have the same kind of vibe um, for cities as well. Like we want to live in bigger cities, not smaller cities. Um, we want to, um, own a home for sure, as opposed to like living in apartments. Um, you know, um, even when it comes to having dogs and pets we've talked about I want a dog so bad. We, we want one um, how about how about like emotionally or like kind of like yeah what are some that, of the things that from your previous relationships have become a priority for you in a relationship yeah. it's hard because we've been here for three years and so it's so hard to remember you know not that it's hard to remember the other ones remember the but time before um, <laughs> you know you, you so kinda, long ago you know um you just it's just kind of like what feels right what feels wrong so yeah, I just, I, I mean, before you, I just remember constantly just being like let down, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm one of those people who I have to kind of check myself and be like, I have these like huge expectations, not necessarily because I put them on myself because I had su- such little dating experience. It was more of like what I'd seen my friends go through and like what I'd helped them mm-hmm. with, you know, they were telling yeah. me about their issues. And so I was like, oh, the, these are like huge issues I need to keep in mind, you know, that need to not confront this or whatever like you there's a standard right you don't want to fall through the same pitfalls exactly that you know yeah. the relationships go through and that's yeah. the good thing about good and bad thing about being gay is that you don't get to start dating really until you turn into an adult because in high school usually there's none well for you're us, lucky like our, you're lucky if there's like one or two <laughs> yeah gay people in your school so right it's mm-hmm. just becoming more normal now yeah, that yeah. people are coming out at an earlier exactly. earlier exactly. age mm-hmm. but the, because of that you don't get to start dating in middle school with everyone else you right. have to wait till usually college or beyond so you start with a little bit more experience in life but less in dating so you, sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of go through what a 13 year old would have gone through fumbling wise yeah. right but you still have a little hopefully a little bit more of a you know brain about you an adult brain to handle Fair, problem yeah. and problem yeah. well, and, and yeah. i was also at a point where like i kind of knew well when i met you i realized more things about my own like emotional self so like ah. exactly so like i didn't actually realize i have a lot of anxiety just in general uh, until like I met Marcus because he, we talk about this how I have like zero anxiety. Yeah, exactly. It's like he doesn't care about anything, but that's the best part. Is that mm-hmm. he, he? What do you call it? You're a. It's an optimistic I, I nihilist or something like optimistic that. Optimistic nihilist, like not even nihilist in the true sense of the word, but just in the fact that you know the world is so big and we are so small. You have mm-hmm. that constant understanding of how minuscule everything yeah. is my, yeah. and my, its importance. Right. Yeah. That it, this it, too shall pass because in the scope of things, yeah. it means nothing. 
nothing. And because everything means nothing, why not have, not even not have a good time, but why not do things properly and do things correctly? Because, you know, why be a chaotic neutral when you could be a, you know, what's the other one? Like a lawful good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Nico being the opposite of having like anxiety, I, the, I, I had anxiety about like, just like you know I, I I followed this one path my whole life. I got to do this, you know. There's like nothing else, and so I put a lot of pressure on myself, um, just you know to follow through with that. That any time like I would get a job or something, I put a lot. Uh, I invest a lot personally in like any job that I have. And it just causes more stress on me, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So it was when I met Marcus and I would talk to him about the stuff. He would like calm me down about these things because he kept saying like, dude, it's okay. Like yeah. it doesn't <laughs> that's, matter. That's definitely a, yeah. a yeah. lesson I learned um, with the guy I was with for six years that didn't want to move to LA. Um, when I got with him, we started dating after I broke my back. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in a back brace and two arm casts, and wow. you know, yeah. Speaking and of the Incredibles, it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I am now the Bionic Woman. Yeah. I have metal pins everywhere. She's going to be in the next Incredibles movie. Look out for her. <laughs> Beware of Ginger Fire. Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Bionic Ginger. The bionic Ginger. I like it. Ginger Snap. No, oh, yeah. yeah. because your bone snapped. Is, is that why? Yeah, maybe. Oh. maybe as the bone snapped. Are you listening to this? You have your new superwoman. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, things were real tough, just even financially. Like he stayed with me um, after my. So I was recovering with my parents until I got my arm casts off, and then I had to go home, and he stayed with me in my home until I got my back brace off, and. I was going on disability, but my disability from my job was taking months to approve. And my disability from the state, because I had just recently moved back to California from Massachusetts, was very minimal. I was only getting like $86 a week from the state. The rest of it was going to come from my work. And so I was super stressed out. Because even when those did come in, that was only enough to cover my rent in San Francisco. There was nothing, there was like $50 left then for everything else. Mm. And um, financial stress was something that I experienced a lot as a child. That was a, usually a point of contention with my parents. That was the thing in our household that seemed to cause the most stress was financial issues. And so that was how I had learned how to deal with financial issues as well. And so it would stress me out and freak me out and I would be crying and not know what to do. And he really was great at calming me down and being like, okay, what steps can we put in place? What can we do? And taking it from a very logical standpoint, which is now a lesson that has carried me all the way through to, you know, to present day. And now I don't stress about money anymore. Yeah. I, you know, I go, okay, which is the most important things? Okay. First rent food. If I, as long as I have a roof over my head and food in my fridge, I will be okay. Perspective. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. So he taught me how to use the food stamp system, how to, you know, how to find food banks. Yeah. How to balance the logical versus the emotional. Right. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. we managed him and I living there on my, on right. my disability payments for the next six months. Wow. You know, and yeah, ba- balancing you like, uh, I mean, not just 
I mean, I, I feel like I'm the one with all the issues, honestly, no. in the relationship, like emotionally, because you do so much. Like you don't even realize, Marcus. Like you, you talk me down from. I have some like anxiety, True, or I, I can be a but... hothead in like any argument, and so I just tend to like go off. And he's very good at just like staying calm and just bringing me down so that yeah. we can talk. Well, I think that's the matter it. of perspective, but also I would say that in usually in all of the other relationships in the past that I've had, I played the logical one. Usually they played the emotional one. And in this one, I think it's very 50-50 because I am now open to be more emotional about things. So you're more vulnerable. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not the sturdy one. I don't have to be the shoulder to cry on anymore. Like now we share that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You're compromising and you're so, being team yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nico knows when I get emotional. It's like, it's very like, I it's am like strange. tempestuous. I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> like, and I it's, can see that. It's weird to see it. It's very it's dramatic. Like, yeah, yeah. Things, <laughs> things happen and I'm just very, yeah, just very, very, I, yeah, I will say dramatic, I guess. Like yes. a Shakespearean play. <laughs> but he well, knows, he knows he's say, doing very it. very taming of the shrew. <laughs> yeah. He has the shrew. He has to, <laughs> yeah. He has to, uh, but he's learned how to like, how to soothe me as well. Right. Um, yeah. Because if, you know, if he didn't, then, and if he like blew up and got mad and left, then that's not a healthy relationship. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. Or it's just like, he doesn't want to deal with it. Like then mm. we're not meant for each other. Cause if you don't want to deal with my problems and I don't want to deal with your problems, then maybe that means that we don't have enough caring about each other to keep the relationship. Right. Going. Cause we're, we're, we're teammates essentially. Yeah. In, yeah. In we the have to care about each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. One question I actually have, um, in terms of relationship goals, you so say you've talked about now, mm. are they any different from maybe when you were younger or when you kind of like were kind of new to the dating scene or anything? Did you have any relationship goals then that have changed to what they are now, or have they been relatively the same, would you say, based on your experiences? Generally, no. No, I, I think... I think I've always known what I wanted. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, I used to always think that I would put career first. And I always thought uh, that no matter what would happen, career would all... And I think Nico's the same, same way. yeah. Where, you know, no relationship would get in front of the career. Now that we've met each other, I think we've agreed that if when the time comes where we do want to settle down and find a, you know, nice, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the type of jobs that we want to find in the city that we're ready to settle down. Well, in. it also helps that, you know, we kind of work in the same industry as well. Yeah, you know, as well. Yeah, so you have a better understanding things. of what each person's yeah. career yeah. entails. Mm-hmm. I find that has been a huge difference Absolutely. in um, the my my most recent relationship was... Especially in creative Right. You'll remember I mentioned, you know, after I dated the guy who didn't want to move to LA, the guy I dated after that, he works in the film industry. So we can talk about our day. We work on different sides of the industry, but he understands the troubles that I have. I understand the troubles that he has. And we understand Mm -hmm. the demands of the job. Yeah. Especially because like the film industry is really demanding. Like when I'm on set... I'm on set for six, 12 to 16 hours, and when I get home, I still have two to four hours of work. Exactly. It's very take, 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 and not a lot of give. Yeah, that and we, we understand how demanding it is, and like sometimes, you and know, sometimes I'll call and be and like, forth, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, I have to be here the whole night. Like, yeah. you know, working right. and then I'll just Whereas, be like, yeah. you know, the ex fiance would sometimes get upset. He worked in the same industry as me, he was a retail manager as well, and still he would call. He's like, why aren't you home yet? I'm still closing my store. Yeah, yeah like you've like, done this before. You, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, how then, many times have you been late at work because you had a late customer? Yeah, and it would be mm-hmm. harder for someone, you know, in, in a different yeah. industry to understand exactly. and I think, like, yeah. the yeah. hours that we do. I think another thing that might be overlooked a little bit is that, you know, obviously it's a lot of take, 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 and mm-hmm. not a lot of give, but the emotional effect it can have on people, like, 
even I find myself sometimes even like if I don't even just work as much, it's affecting me so emotionally and mentally that I don't want to do anything or I don't want to like engage. And everyone's like, why aren't you going out with us? Like you only worked this amount. You should be out and hang out. It's just, I can't. So what do you guys think has been the biggest challenge in your relationship or the hardest thing to overcome? Um, I, for me, I know since we, when we moved to LA, that was the first time that we started living together. Um, I wasn't afraid of like living with you. Like you basically spent your whole time at my place back in Chicago. Um, yeah. <laughs> but when we moved here, you know, we were both just like looking for jobs and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I kind of, there were a lot of jobs, you know, that was like, I was this like promising. And then it was a letdown. I was like, Oh, they it's went the LA struggle. Or, it's you apply for 50 jobs constant, and none of yeah. them get back to you. So, right. Um, but I was very, I was just out of school because I was very much the type of person who, you know, went from high school straight to undergrad, straight to my grad program. So I had, I'd never had a gap year or like a year without that structure of that school gives you. And so I was very much like, Oh, what do I do now? You know, it's like, and if I hadn't, if I didn't find a job, I was feeling really down on myself, just being at home kind of not doing anything. So then yeah, I try to write stuff. Yeah, men struggle with that more than women do, mm-hmm. especially in a relationship that um, not having a job tends to create not just anxiety, but a lowered feeling of self-worth, especially in the relationship. Not just That's your fair. normal self-worth, but your worth in the relationship. Plus, yeah. we didn't really want to go back. Like, I had worked in food service retail my entire life since then, you know, for part-time jobs as a teenager and, and on through college. So I didn't want to go back. You know, I moved to LA and I wanted to begin having more careers. Right. And so I, I was willing to have a job that would pay the bills, but I didn't want, I wanted to kind of try my, try my hand at getting an, you know, a nine to five or something. Right. And, but something within your field at least. Yeah. And so I, you know, for, we, we swapped. So when we first moved here, Nico yeah. had an internship and he was working and I was home all the time and I would probably put out, gosh, like five to 10, um, applications a day for jobs. Yeah. Hearing back from none of them, of course, cause you're now you're fighting robots and they're, nice? you know, they throw out your application <laughs> if you don't have the right words. Um, but Nico would, then eventually we switched We flipped, and yeah. I got a job, you know, I joined a temping agency and I was right. able to work reception somewhere. And a lot um, of the stuff I did was just very like at home, work from home, like work for, I have this project for this composer, proof this, or, you know, prepare these parts. So it was all done from home. So it got to a point where I very much had cabin fever mm-hmm. and I was just very, because I think it takes a certain type of person to work from home, honestly, or you just really have to adjust yourself because yeah, you're not if I didn't going have you need to get dog reps, I don't think I would enjoy working from yeah, home. Yeah, you get to a point where you're like, oh, I haven't been outside today. So it was just kind of trying to figure out your own home schedule. I think scheduling is like everything if you work at home because it puts you, I'm the person, the type of person who needs a routine. Otherwise I'm just going to like lay around and nothing's going to get done, you know? So I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They say you need to set desk hours, just like if you were working in an office. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that is also making sure then that you're not working all the time. I think we're finally now at a point where we just kind of understand each other's like work lives now, but it was definitely like Marcus would get home very tired from, you know, just being out and about. 
and I wanted to go out because I was stimulation. like stuck inside. Yeah. Or it was the flip side where Marcus got home and he wanted to do something fun and I was very like down or like slightly depressed about being inside all the time. So I like didn't have energy. Right. So it was this weird it was a day by day thing. But these are the under, that we had to know, navigate. This this isn't too difficult to navigate because it's an understandable problem. So we know how to communicate about it, but we also can totally understand where the other person is coming from. Yeah. Right. So you both have played that role. Yeah. And so every challenge that we've had, we've been able to communicate about. Um, that's why it hasn't been too bad. Compromise. Compromise. Yeah. Empathy. Empathy. Yeah. And we always be kind to each other. So yeah. Yeah. kindness. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't ever like yell and get mad at him if he didn't want to go out because I would understand. So I would just like, you know, snuggle up with him and be like, Oh, it's okay. We don't have to go. I will say that. But if you want to go somewhere, I do too. Yeah. (laughs) I will say that's the best thing also is that we've never had a, like a fight that we haven't been able to talk through. We fight about food most of the time, like how to prepare certain dishes. (laughs) Okay. So now we've talked about some of the challenges. Mm -hmm. What has been the biggest surprise benefit for each of you in this relationship? Clothes. (laughs) <laughs> straight answer I, oh, we can share clothes we can share clothes we're about the same size and the same height and everything so we uh, doubled our closets <laughs> That's as, great. A, as the typical stereotype goes so for me like a surprise benefit would be like you know for example when we talked about when I dated the guy that was actually intellectually stimulating to me it was the first time I had dated someone who was in all reality my intellectual equal. Okay. And that was that was why it was so life-changing. So what was something you didn't expect to necessarily get out of this relationship that you're surprised that you have and has improved it so much and improved your experience? I mean, Nico's family is Colombian, so I get to practice Spanish, <laughs> learn Spanish, and that's something that I would have never done otherwise. And so like my resolution for this year was to journal every day in Spanish, um, and to try to get better and better and he'll correct me and, you know, so it's making great, great you, me. making you a more well-rounded person. It's making more you learn, more cultural. learn a language. Um, and... Yeah. And then hopefully at the end of it, I can be able to go to Colombia and visit his extended family because and that would be wonderful. with them. That would and be, <laughs> communicate because, you know, there's so many family members down there and they don't speak English at all. And I would never ask them to learn English for me. I would totally be the one to, you know, I have no problem learning Spanish. So. That's a nice little um, cultural um, specialty that I I didn't really ever consider when we first started dating is that I would have to learn Spanish to speak with um, extended family members. So based on your experience and your relationship, what would you say would be best advice regarding to, you know, a good and healthy relationship or relationship goals to anybody? Yeah, give us your relationship goals advice. Yes, please. To anyone listening, this might be helpful. I guess um, from what I've seen with my friends going through their relationship, not necessarily with, with ours, but I think expectations and having these high expectations because people tell you that this is what you need to look for in a person is one of the things you really want to like look out for because that might not necessarily work for you. You know, you're all different people. And just because one person says like, oh, he said that, that's not okay, get out. You know, like that's one way to look at a situation. Another way might be like, let's hear you out from your perspective, listen and see like, why would you do that based on like your personality? Right. That makes complete sense to me. Like for me, one of the things that I have taken from my previous relationships is I need, um, I need a man with drive. So it's not that he has to have a job, which is part of it, 
Like, he needs a job, yes, because my two major relationships, both of those guys were constantly unemployed. And that was a huge strain on our relationship. It was depressing Mm -hmm. for them. Um, But the biggest problem is is that they didn't have drive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the relationship I'm in now, he sometimes doesn't have a job because of the nature of his work is contract work. So a contract is up, and then he's got to look for work again. But he has drive. And that's what makes the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. I've- For me, I would say kindness is number one because I've, you know, been around many, many adult relationships where they, after 30 years or so, they kind of start to get really snippy with each other. And being around that, I, I always try to like model myself to be a little bit kinder and a little bit softer. Um, because, you know, you can get really gripey and a lot, really naggy really quickly, especially if your parents were that way. You can um, repeat that cycle because that's what you've known a couple to be. Um, yeah. You, yeah, you, you kind of model that after your parents. When I'm working with the kids, that's one thing we always have to stop the kids and, like, correct them on and help them work on mm-hmm. is um, when they're taking – when they are feeling a certain way and they're taking it out on everybody else. And we mm-hmm. have to pause them and go – Try again. Absolutely. Like, you don't speak to people like that. Like, step back. Um, Yeah, and I would say along with that is problem management because Uh, that is something I've had a lot of practice in that because Mm -hmm. I um, was always put into leadership roles and jobs. Like, I was a camp counselor. I was Mm -hmm. an RA in college where they give you actual training about Mm -hmm. how to manage problems. And if you have two, um, two campers, two clients, two students that are fighting with each other, you need to be the objective third party to help them out and be like, all right, what is party A saying? What is party B saying? And what can we do to compromise together? And so I put that all in my relationships. Yeah. 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 It's just like not, I guess, not being selfish, I guess, would be a way <laughs> to knowing put that, it. Yeah, knowing that everything is flexible. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, no. nothing has to be, but there are definitely principles and things that you should stand for. But your partner should be able to understand that if that's if that's something that you really passionately true mm-hmm. and feel about, the way that you do that is how you go about changing someone's mind normally. You would have a conversation with them, have them see all the sides of the story, um, mm-hmm. and then have them you know hear that hear them out, and then maybe draw a consensus together, maybe change a little bit. Like nothing has to be set in stone. Yeah, Are you listening, yeah, no. listening. Yeah, listen. Yes, mm-hmm. I have to say one. that was one kind of blessing um, with the guy I'm, that I'm seeing now is that. We have different political views. Uh, we voted for different presidents. Lord. But we could maturely discuss them. We actually would both watch separately. We would both watch the um, the presidential debates, and then we would get together afterwards and discuss them. And <laughs> I remember you talking about this. Because it wasn't an argument. It wasn't us trying to tell the other one they're wrong. We were actually kind of taking the emotional part out of it and sitting there and discussing each item and trying to see where the other person's opinion was coming from. Yeah. And that's no, totally that's possible that, to have. It, it, yeah, I feel no, like that happens great. less though, because I feel like a lot of people do try to find people with similar values and similar yeah. opinions, but it can work as long as you're kind. Yeah. Yeah, compassionate and your understanding as far as the exactly. Well, the yeah. thing is, is he and I do have the same values. It was just you know his reasons and my reasons. You know, we were taking it from a different end, mm-hmm. and so it was just kind of understanding like what what is directing your thinking in this direction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I can't say I can't tell you how many times that even now as a twenty six year old, 
even when I'm hanging out with friends or friends of friends and then either they're strangers or people I somewhat know, seeing them get into their arguments and kind of their constant battles where they're not really listening to each other. They're picking just one side and they're kind of going off it. It's hard. And, it's hard yeah. to humble it's yourself. Natural to, in an it's argument. natural to get defensive. And yeah, so that's absolutely. where you have to actually take action yeah. to stop yourself from getting defensive and go, okay, am I really listening to what they're saying? Yeah. Am mm-hmm. I responding to how I feel or mm-hmm. am I responding to what they're actually saying? Exactly. And I, this is something I also struggle with too, because sometimes because of me being insecure of either not saying the right thing or really not being normal in a conversation or liking weird things that people are not used to when they poke fun at me or they make a comment, sometimes I get very, very defensive because this is me, this is who I am, this is Chelsea Linnell Wingo, get used to it. But either, not, I don't say my full name, but you get the context. But it's, the, it's that kind of that, that idea of, you know, either they're poking fun just, you know, because it's maybe fun to make fun of me, but it may be in a nice way. Sometimes they mean it the other way because I've had both where it's been mean and it's been nice, so sometimes I don't really know right. the like difference I, between the two. Like I poke at you and rag on you, but you, yeah, know, you, do. you know I love you. Yeah, and it comes I know from that, a place yeah. of love. I know. It's I'm just dynamic. very, yeah. It's yeah. Just, I'm, I'm just, I t- yeah, I tease you like a sibling. Yes. I mean, we, we've talked about being siblings from other families. I will say, though, that Nico and I do not really make fun of each other. We don't have that, like, we, we'll do that with our friends. Yeah. yeah. And we often, you know, do that banter, but we don't do it with each other. Yeah, no, And definitely. I think it's important to know the boundary line because, yes. you know. Yeah, we have a phrase that mm-hmm. my bae and I use, you know, to tell each other that it's too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, because we do rag on each other a lot, and it's at, and when it's gone too far, we yell, I like the skirt, I like the skirt. <laughs> I like the skirt. Okay. That's hilarious. Because yeah. he told me he didn't like my skirt one day, and I was super offended mm. because it was my favorite skirt. That's the thing. You can also never and comment so on people's the clothing. look yeah. Yeah. On my face made wow. him go, oh, I like the skirt. I like the skirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely. Great. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that goes with the kindness thing. It's, you know, understand that your words have an impact and your words have a meaning. So like I've had people before where they've jokingly called me stupid or they've jokingly called me an asshole and certain things I'll let slide if it's fine. Mm-hmm. But other things like, you know, no matter what, I do not want to be called stupid. Even yeah. if it's a joke, even like, and that's, that's a hot button for you. That is a very yeah. hot yeah. button. And it's not even cause I had like a childhood thing with it. It was just like, I just don't appreciate it. Like it. Um, but I'll let other words go. And I think, but in general, we don't really do that with no. each other because we're not really in playful banter often. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very chill. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always engaged in playful banter, usually with friends. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Nico, yeah. he doesn't really do that. He doesn't play that game usually. And so we don't, do so it you together. don't do it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's because, you know, you can have a couple where both of the people excite each other and they're both very... They wind, um, they wind they, up. Wind they each wind other each other up. up. Yeah. And we're the kind of people where our personalities are opposite in that respect, so we wind each other down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Home is definitely our safe space. So, yeah. um, And I'll, I'll say definitely, like I know everyone says this, but literally just communication because I know I've had mm-hmm. to, uh, before being in the in this relationship, I'm very much the type of person who will just keep my emotions to myself and just kind of like be like, mm-hmm, and then move on. And then I'll just like have it lingering in the back of my mind or something. And we've had certain fights where that could have been avoided completely had I just said how I felt about something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's fine. Like if, if it's something big, like just say it 
and see how the other person reacts. Like, don't be afraid to right. talk you to your can't, partner. You can't face it and deal with it unless you verbalize exactly. it. Right? The exactly. The worst that could happen is that you lose each other forever. I don't... Uh, it's not that... Oh, no. <laughs> don't put it that way. Here comes Mr. No. Big Picture. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Marcus and Nico. Yeah, thank for you. For agreeing to come on the show today and share your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been... Such a blessing to not only have you guys as producers of the show and be our friends, but mm-hmm. being able to learn more about your relationship and how it came to be and what your challenges are. I think this was really beneficial. Yeah, Thank you for having definitely. Us. It was yeah. great to have your viewpoint. And that was fun. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of fun stories. Uh, if you want, if there's anything you want to plug, where can people find you? Um, we both are on Instagram. Yep. Um, mine is just Marcus Andre with an underscore between the last two letters. And you can find me at, at Nico Gutierrez Music. Yeah. And is there anything big you guys are working on that's coming up soon that you want to oh, talk gosh. about? Or is it under wraps? I'm um, doing... I'm doing a song cycle uh, for this festival. Oh, actually, this will be a good plug for the festival. Um, the Barcelona Festival of Song in Spain. It's this annual festival that they have to promote um, Latin American and Spanish art songs, which a lot of classical singers don't sing because they're just taught the traditional like German leader and Italian arias and stuff like that. So it's really trying to, there's this whole repertoire that people are not singing basically. So I'm composing a song cycle for that festival. Um, and yeah, it's nice. my first uh, cycle that's in Catalan. So I've actually had to Ooh. delve into what that language is, that's which is cool. really fun. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice, Nico. Yeah. I don't Marcus. really. I mean, I'm I'm involved in so many like extra audio projects. But <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Marcus is actually the sound designer for Chelsea and I's most recent film. Yes, Faith. that is. I do, that I do out film, later this year. I do music. Um, I do podcasts now, um, and I have a second <laughs> podcast that's just getting started. Um, uh, called browser history, but I um, I don't really do much of my own work. I mean, I've always wanted to like you know make my own uh, like put on an album of my own songs or make a musical, but that's not really on the front burner right now. It's very much you know tucked behind in the back. So I'm I'm just helping out a lot of people producing <laughs> and um, engineering, um, mm-hmm. and I'll mix and master albums for people. So you hustling. I'm hustling. hustling. I am very much hustling. You're hustling, and then you can put your own stuff up for it. Yeah. It's there. It's there it's, already It's all waiting. on my Instagram. It's all, you know, I put projects as I go. <laughs> all right. So now we're going to move into our next fun section, which is hashtag hunt, which whoop, whoop. there are... <laughs> It was hard to pick and choose this week because there There's were a lot a of hilarious lot. ones. There's a lot, <laughs> and there were a lot of photos and a lot of videos uh-huh. um, for hashtag hunt. So definitely keep your eyes out for more hashtag hunt results in yes. our social media postings. Yes. Um, we didn't even go through all of the sides of social media before we'd found more than enough to include yeah, this week. definitely. <laughs> so... For our hashtag hunt, of course, we were searching for hashtag relationship goals. Mm -hmm. And here's what we found. Ooh, tell me. My boyfriend drunkenly leaves a voicemail telling me how beautiful I am. Next thing I hear is him throwing up. (laughs) That was endearing until the throw up part, but it just makes it all the more hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) At least you know he's thinking about you when he's drunk. When he's drunk. (laughs) When your girl laughs for no reason, but her laugh makes you laugh. Oh, that's actually something that I've heard a lot scientifically. When you're with someone for a very long time, you get their same mannerisms. You get their same little quirks and laughs. It's it's, it's actually really cute. Right. <laughs> and so if it's striking your endorphins and making you feel the same way, that's 
beautiful thing as long as you're not both crying. I like you because I can be vulnerable with you. Uh, we talked a lot about that vulnerability. It's, it's so an important cheesy. part. It's cheesy, but it's so cute. My boyfriend and I were eating nachos, and he was struggling to get the good stuff on his chip. So I used my chip to push it onto his, and he stopped and look up, looked up at me and said, this is the type of support I need in a relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's very important. <laughs> That's just hilarious. I love that. Her. My thighs rub together. I have a tummy. I have to jump to put pants on. And I have stretch marks. Me. First of all, I love all that shit. <laughs> Did my you guy says that. My guy says, I love your meaty bits. So anytime <gasps> I feel like I am getting fat or I just don't look good, I just remember that he says he loves my meaty mm-hmm. bits. <laughs> Date the person who says, have fun, be safe, and call if you need anything. Not the person who gets mad at you for going out without them. Oh, yep. I've I've had I've seen friends have that share fair of like, you didn't take me with you. Why? Yeah. Ugh. Um one of my boyfriends was very kind of antisocial. Like in our core group of friends, he loved to go out. But other than that, he did not like going to social engagements. He did not like going to parties. Um, and so when I had gone back to college, you know, I'm going to more of that stuff now because of the people that I'm around. And he was very honest. He's like, I don't want to go. He's like, but you go have fun with your friends. And that really helped our relationship a lot because I used to try to drag him out and then he would be uncomfortable and then I would be uncomfortable because I felt like I had to take care of him and I had to sit with him the whole night while he's sitting in the corner playing video poker on his phone. Wow. So it is. <laughs> it goes back to that being able like have your own friends, have your own life outside of the relationship mm-hmm. and being able to respect and support that in each other. Mm-hmm. I love when kisses get so intense, you just grab at each other because you literally cannot get any closer to each other. That's my favorite thing. Ooh, that's that's steamy. That's passion. That's very steamy and passionate. Yeah. It's hot. It's <laughs> steam and it's hot. Ginger hot, snap. Hot. Hot. <laughs> I wanted us to last longer than we did. And even though we've been done we've been done for what seems like forever. I learned that you should never stay with someone who can go about their day without talking to you and without giving you a reason for their silence. You should never wait for someone to give you attention, and you should never be put in a situation where you're doubting whether they love you or not. Because unsaid words burn the most, and faded feelings are not something that should be ignored. And I walked away because as much as I loved you, I respect myself enough to know that I won't stay with someone who makes me wonder if I'm good enough. Wow. Oh. That, that, I think that's a good note to it end is. on. Yeah. Yeah. It kind really of. kind of encapsulates everything we've been talking about, what we take from the last relationship to the next one, and like knowing your goals, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I actually, I want, I, want, uh, I want to take that quote and... I used to do artwork a lot when I was bored, so I want to take that and put it up on my wall. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. I, I think it's a great to quote to remind it's yourself good, of. It's good, but it's sad, so. It's a I'm little bit of sad. Person, okay? it's, it's got the breakup in it. It's got the love in it, but it also has the self-love and mm-hmm. that realizing really where yeah. your trajectory needs to be. Yeah. I'm not always a happy person. Sometimes I'm sad, so I sometimes need stuff like that. True. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's going to go into a completely different direction we're not going to go for today. So that's what we got for Hashtag Hunt this week. Look for more on our social media at Life Goals Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Also, we want to hear your breakup stories. We're two weeks away from doing Hashtag Breakups. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. I'll stop singing. But yes, if you got any fun stories, please feel free to use the Hashtag Breakups for... And at us at, uh, at Life Goals Pod, capital P-O-D at the end, at both Twitter and Facebook. We want to make sure we're not the only ones out here that have breakup stories. <laughs> uh, okay. So now let's move into the challenges. Oh, yes. So to refresh everyone's memory, our guest last week, Leota, gave us challenges. Mm-hmm. Chelsea's challenge was to set a goal and to meet it. She had to get on a, a dating, dating app, app mm-hmm. and she had to reach out to somebody and start Ooh. talking to them. Oh, oh, no. I see the look in Nico's eyes. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> How'd it go? Um, so we're, we're going to go with me first. Go, yeah. Go, okay. go right ahead. All right. So, yeah, as... So I did do research for the dating apps. I was between a couple. I landed on one. I'm not going to reveal too much information about it, you know, because it's my life. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) There's some things I keep private. And it went normally how I expected it to be, you know, made a decent amount of matches. You know, there was a lot of people trying to come in and talk. I got a little anxious about it all. There were some good experiences here and there. There was someone that I did connect with a lot, and we had really great conversations. Um, but the like week and a half that I had the app, I started I started to kind of realize that there, I was doing a lot of checking on the app, you know, for a message back from the people that I wanted to talk to or the person I wanted to talk to. And then the other times that it was happening, I was getting messages and matches from other people that I didn't want to spend the time with. So kind of relating with Amy when she's talked about previously of how she would have all these messages to go through and it already gave her so much anxiety and stress. I was feeling that and I was going through that and I was kind of realizing I don't really want that right now. And it kind of made me question and think about, do I really want a relationship or to date right now, which I think right now is no. But that being said, the guy that I, and I that we had talked for a while, we did exchange numbers and we have talked. I've been upfront and honest about my feelings and so has he. We are planning to meet up. That is something that's in the books, but we're you know, we're going to see how it goes because we both want to approach it platonically and you know see where it goes and that kind of thing because we connect on a lot of things, but it's just, I don't know if the timing's right. It's just... Uh, I was actually talking with Amy about this. I don't know if it was a defense mechanism or if it was just kind of stress and all that. But I went through it, you know, had a decent experience, but I kind of realized the online app is not the way for me to go. So I actually deleted my account with it. And it's just, I don't want, I don't, it's not, it's not something I that's, want right now. I mean, that's fair. That, that means that, you know, mm. like yourself, I would just say like, if you do, like, it's okay to feel a certain way, but I would say don't feel completely closed off yeah, to no. like, this like this because like with Marcus I had no idea that this was going to be like a long-term thing I thought it was going to be something I don't know just like casual or something but it turned out yeah we're here three years later you know yeah yeah I'm definitely not closing it off whatsoever because I want to get to know him and I think he's a great guy it's just you know we're we're just going to see what happens because I just don't think now I just realizing right now I don't think I really want to focus on okay that's not your priority it's not my priority at all that's okay that's okay be honest about that yeah so my goal from Leota was to go out to an event where I would meet more people. 
So I had made plans. I actually made plans with Leota. I invited her to go to an event with me because then I wouldn't have to go alone, and, but it would be with somebody who is fabulously single and actively dating. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be with somebody who was going to not want to meet and talk to people. So she and I got together to go to this concert, but when we got there, it went from being no cover to then we get there and we see a line. So I looked it up and it says, oh, it's $10 cover. And then we get to the front of the line and the promoters are trying to charge us $20 cover. What? And I'm like, I'm not being taken advantage of like that. I can forgive that the two posts that didn't include a cover charge, but you're not going to go above and beyond what the venue has listed. So she and I Mm. then, we went and got crepes, and then she and I went and got tacos, and then she and I went and wandered around the Hustler store for an hour. (laughs) Oh, wow. So she and I had a great time, Mm -hmm. but didn't make it to the event, didn't meet people. So then I had scheduled three events as potentials to go to the next day, um, and instead, I went out on a date instead. Um, (laughs) Okay. So then I was like, okay, the next day. And then I'd set up three potential things to go to on Sunday. And then that was the day that I realized that my medications were screwing me up. Oh, I spent the entire day in bed. And I've been really busy since that. So it's like I've said yes to yeah. going out with more of my friends when they asked me to. I've tried to actively go to these yeah, different events. Yeah, it's like events. you planned it, but life had other plans and it just kept life denying you. Life had other plans. So I did not technically meet my goal, but I still feel like I am making positive changes in the correct direction. You tried really hard. Right. Because my goal, my year goal for the relationship goals was to say yes to more events, to go to more places where I will increase the sphere of the people that I interact with. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to keep that in mind and the rest of this month make an active, um, effort to go to more events mm-hmm. but you there was really one hard. I was really disappointed that I actually didn't get to go to uh, a podcaster was having a live event they were recording their podcast and so from that I could even look at it just as a networking event yeah, yeah, yeah. you know from that perspective from the business side so I'm a little disappointed I didn't get to do that so I am going to try to stay actively focused on saying yes when people invite me to do things and for looking for fun and interesting events to go to to widen the sphere of people that I am meeting. Mm-hmm. So you do owe me a movie. I feel bad, but yes, I do. I do. It's okay. okay. So let's – so um, do you want to pay off our movies from last week first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. All right. So last week, Chelsea assigned me to watch Keith, mm-hmm. and I assigned you to watch Down to You. Yes. So these were both romances that had uh, impacted us in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, Keith, the moment it started, I knew it was a Chelsea movie. <laughs> like, it made complete sense to me why this is a movie that's special to her, mm-hmm. and I also saw how it influences the way she thinks thinks about love and relationships. <laughs> oh, so like I could see it mm-hmm. taking form of the types of crushes that she has had <laughs> and how they have worked in her brain. I don't know if you had the same experience or not mm. when you watched my movie. Oh, the, the first 15 minutes I knew it was an Amy movie. I knew, I knew how it was just immediately. Um, I won't go into too many details, you know, because of... Um, you know, one specific character has a unique job, and 
Oh, you mean the guy who works in porn? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but a, not. Uh, that was just a funny thought. I was like, ah, oh, definitely when I was younger, I would not have been interested in this because of that. Be like, oh, oh that oh would have made gosh. you super uncomfortable. That would have made me very uncomfortable. But I could definitely tell right away that it was an Amy movie. And I also really loved, ironically, the kind of setup of the switching of the narratives and how, like, explaining kind of their history and their background, they kind of... There's one particular yeah, the story's scene. told from both yeah. both sides of the relationship. Exactly. It's very unique. And then there's one particular section when they're starting to get to know each other, when they're doing like the psychoanalysis. Oh, that's so And cute. there's a part where they talk about, you know, their first kiss. So there's Freddie as a kid and then Julia Stiles as the adult and then right. they switch so it's, around. Right. So it's so done it's, as a flashback, but then yeah. the present day of the opposite person walks into their flashback yeah, and, and talks they, to the kid version of them about yeah. this first kiss they just it's had. It's really, really cool. It was hilarious. So I thought found that very unique to hear, which I really liked about it. It was I thought it would be like kind of out of place, but it was a nice blend between reality and, and what goes on in our own heads. Yeah, what goes on around it. Like it was something that I don't want to say Woody Allen, like sometimes he uses those kind of things where he like will take himself out of place or break the fourth wall or that kind of right, thing. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. But no, I liked it more than I thought. <laughs> but I will agree with you with what you were talking about. It's kind of like a real, it's very real with how, you know, people get together, how they go through problems, communicate, like fall apart and come back together. It definitely felt very real. It didn't feel very fabricated or like sprinkle of like romanticizing that right. some movies will do. You know, right. It wasn't a serendipity comics. with this like, you know, oh, yeah, no. crazy coincidence that then's going to lead them back to each other. Yeah. It or, was. Yeah. Or like Legally Blonde or things like that. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's done in a very real way. Yeah. It was definitely Including, real. you know, what I said I loved about this movie is it takes you through their whole breakup too. Yeah. And the whole thing comes full circle and it takes you to them them meeting again after the breakup yeah. and meeting again and seeing how these people um, handled mm-hmm. the changes in their life and um, and then found their way back. They do find their way back yeah. to each other, spoiler exactly. alert, but yep. it was in a very natural way. All right. Uh, what about Keith for you? So Let's go back Keith, to Keith. Um, you don't have to like it. It's totally fine. No, I came around on Keith. And, you know, spoiler alert, it has that very fault in our stars kind of feel because of the subject matter, but it doesn't come out until later that that is part of what is going on in this relationship. Yeah, I will admit that now watching back, it's not the best of twists or reveals. I mean, he as a character was super intriguing. Oh yeah, no, he's great as that character. Uh, Her... I didn't really like her as much. Oh yeah, yeah. She was really struggling to be to be truthful and genuine. Mhm. Because she could be truthful and genuine in the moment with him, which was a great example of we are the best part of ourselves when we're with the right person. Yeah. But it was coloring all of her other reactions and making her other interactions with people less and less truthful and genuine as it went on. So instead of becoming a better her overall, because Mm -hmm. she wasn't being truthful about this relationship that was developing, it had a very negative effect. Okay, Chelsea, so hit me. What am I watching this week? All right. um, Again, we're going to see if you've seen any of these because have you seen Down With Love? No. Yes! Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a romantic comedy. It is starring Ewan McGregor, 
Renee Zellweger, Sarah Paulson, David Hyde Pierce. It's on my list because I think it'd be a very interesting um, dynamic between these two characters because they seem like such polar opposites and they're constantly like fighting against each so other. So it's interesting to see if they can come to the middle. Come to the middle, and yeah. develop a relationship. There is an interesting twist at the end, which okay. I think you'll really, really like. So I think it'll be very hilarious. So we do have a challenge for this week. Um, yes. I spoke with Chelsea about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually presenting us both with the same challenge. After spending all of this time talking about our hashtag relationship goals and what we, what makes a good relationship, what we want in a relationship, I started thinking back to all of the angsty teen poetry that you write. <laughs> and then usually it's all around love or about not getting loved or rejection or that guy that you've got this huge crush on in your class that you're not, not even going to be able to talk to. A lot of our angsty teen poetry comes from that place. So I said, let's, in the vein of angsty teen love poetry, let's write a new love poem or a new write, some sort of creative writing about our dream partner. Because who we imagine as our dream partner has changed since we were teenagers and what we want in a relationship has changed. Oh my goodness. Um. So <laughs> that's, that's the idea mm-hmm. is like, so we'll, we'll read them together on the air next you week. That. Yes. No. <laughs> um, and this is, it, this is your chance to be vulnerable. No, it is. It's just that it's just, it's embarrassing. I can't believe I'm admitting this, but times when I've either like gotten over a crush or had a really bad crush on someone, I would write them a love letter and I have them plastered on my bulletin board. But the thing is, is that's, you know, and therapists say that's a great way to get emotions out is to write them down. Yeah, no, definitely. But if you think, why don't you think about it from the perspective of laws of attraction? You know, they say, what was it? Oprah's thing about, you know, wishing things into existence. Think of it in ways of like the secret. This poem Uh is a way to draw that to us. Mm -hmm. We are telling the world what we want out of our relationship and what Mm -hmm. we hope to be able to have. And we're going to let the world bring it to us. Yeah. I think my just worries are, one, it's not going to be a poem. It's going to be a letter. And then two, when I write... So write a letter to your future partner. Well, that's the point. When Sometimes when I write... I just keep on writing and I don't stop and it just automatically processes from my head to my hand to the pen. So sometimes I don't even know how deep I'm going to get. So well, I'm you know what? a little scared you, of that. You can edit you can edit it afterwards, but uh, I think this is going to be a good exercise for us. This will help us both grow mm-hmm. um, within ourselves and make us more capable of reaching our relationship goals. No, I'm definitely not denying that. It's just... I don't know where I'm going to go with it. and That's okay. You don't have results. to know at the well, start. You're going to know at the end. If anything, it sounds like like the plot to a rom-com. Like instant <laughs> rom-com right there. Like you write them into existence and some magical intervention, they actually appear. Ooh. Oh, very, very, very um, rom-com. Uh, what is that movie? Stranger Than Fiction. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm taking that. I'm taking that. I'm taking that as my Do own. It. Nobody else steal it. Otherwise, I'm coming after you. No, not really. <laughs> So that is our challenge goal for this week. I mm-hmm. want to hear your love letter and you're going to hear my love poem. Next week, you'll be joining us for hashtag it's all in the spectrum. Oh, I'm actually really, really excited about this one because in this one, we're going to be talking about a lot about sort of the differences of like romantic attraction and like sexual attraction and kind of where maybe we place ourselves in that big, confusing, like wormhole of what it is. And maybe... W- trying to figure out where we are because 
I feel like now that I'm getting older, it's a lot of trying to figure out what I am or it's, maybe where yeah, I am. Yeah, I mean, because growing up, it's always about figuring out who you are. But yeah. these days, it's much more nuanced than simply what your sexual orientation is. Yeah. So we're going to dive into sexual identity and gender identity. And we have a great guest to help us do oh, this. Yes. No, she's so, she's fabulous. And she's so I'm sure. Really looking forward to having her on. Her name is Sonia Saturday. Yes. So definitely look her up. She is a cartoonist and she deals in a lot of political satire cartooning and in queer cartooning. So I think she's going to be a great addition to the podcast. We're going to be able to learn a lot from her. Yeah. So join us next time for hashtag it's all in the spectrum and find us at at Life Goals Pod on Facebook and Twitter. We want to hear your thoughts. And don't forget, we want to hear your hashtag breakup stories. Yes, please feel free to reach out to us. We love. We would love to hear more about what you've been through. And, you know, we're all on this journey together. So let's have some fun with it, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> so until next time, this is Amy Covell. And this is Chelsea Wingo. And we are hashtag, hashtag Life Goals. Goals. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Talk soon. Bye-bye.